What's up, guys? Welcome back to Storytime with Uncle Reddit. My name's John, and this is r slash Tales from Tech Support. It's funny, I feel like my little grandson, who just turned a year old not too long ago, when he first learned to start clapping, yay! I have to clap before I start my video so that I can align my, <laughs> sync my audio with my video. And, uh, yeah, I feel like I'm one again. Anyway, do a little bit different camera angle tonight. Auntie Reddit decided she wanted to hang out in here where the cool kids hang out, and uh, she doesn't want to be on camera. So this is what we got. All right, let's read some stories. Mirror image. Background. I used to work in system operations at a large UK bank somewhere in the east of Scotland, back when mainframes were the size of several large refrigerators. In the early 1980s, we moved into a custom-built computer center. This building was adorned with a pair of matching mirror image climate controlled computer rooms to house the mainframes and disk farms. And in the basement below them sat the UPS, some mahoosive flywheels with mains in and building power out, backed up by generators and several rows of car batteries to handle any transition from mains to generator or back. Every few years we would need to upgrade our kit, and this had all been planned for years before when we commissioned the building. The new mainframes would be strategically placed on a large reinforced floor space. The false ceiling immediately above them even had plastic sheeting laid directly on top of the ceiling tiles in case of flooding. Hook the boxes up to the UPS and off you go. Once the new hardware had been tested and commissioned, we would wind down the old mainframes and remove them. So this one time, the guys were moving the new mainframes into position, and the big boss who had popped in to watch the operation asked why the new machine at the east end of the building was being moved into a different position from its matched pair at the west end. Oh, that's because there's no room on the floor there in the East Hall, explained the customer engineer. Excuse me? Big Boss was perplexed. These rooms are exact mirror images. Of course it'll fit. I approved the plans myself. Haha, <laughs> no, said the customer engineer. The West Hall is three feet longer than the East Hall. Well, Big Boss was having none of this. Each floor tile was three feet square, so all he had to do was pace him out to prove his point. One, two, three, twenty-four, twenty-five... Then we all traipsed along the corridor to the East Hall, and once again Big Boss started counting out the floor tiles. One, two, three, twenty-four. Oh my god. So that's how we came to install the new mainframe in the East Hall, several meters away from its intended position. No big deal, right? The entire floor was reinforced for this very contingency. Time passed. Months. Years even. Then in the late 1990s, we had a burst pipe on the third floor. The floodwater cascaded down and into the East Hall. Remember that plastic sheeting we had placed above each of the mainframes? It was no longer in the right place to shield them from the deluge. Cue much running about with large sheets of cardboard and holding them over the mainframe until the water was shut off and drained away. Somebody definitely should have seen that one coming. If you had plastic sheeting set up to shield the mainframe in its position shown on the plan, but the mainframe was being relocated, you know, even a couple meters away, then, um... Somebody should have saw that. At least you would have thought somebody would think to check on the sheathing to make sure it's actually going to cover what it's supposed to cover. But, uh, oh well. Maybe Big Boss was the one that said, eh, don't worry about it, it'll cover. Another webcam incident. I just read a webcam incident, which made me think about a one I had a year ago. I set up a new ProBook and one of the newer docking monitors recently. The monitor is neat. Has Ethernet, webcam speakers, USB-A, DisplayPort, and connects to the laptop with a USB-C with 65 watts of power delivery. But I digress. I receive a ticket from the end user that her webcam is upside down. Odd. I ask if it's one on her monitor or her laptop. She informed me she only had one camera. 
Okay. I visit her in the office and she's in a Teams meeting. Sure enough, she's using her laptop in front of her big monitor and her image is upside down. Weird. I pop up the monitor's webcam and switch Teams to it and she's right side up. There's a round of applause from the meeting attendees. After the meeting's over, I look at her laptop and sure enough, the image is upside down. Teams, Zoom, even the camera app on Windows. I grab another laptop off the shelf, install her drive, test the camera, and the second laptop is right side up. Her ticket is closed. So I install the unused drive from the new laptop into her two-week-old computer. They're from the same batch. I go through the basic Windows setup routine, and the camera's right side up. WTF. It gets issued to a new employee, and here we are a year later, and neither laptop has had an issue of any kind, let alone the cameras. I still don't know why the original configuration's image was upside down. If it had been software, the new hardware should have had the issues too, since all I did was swap hard drives. If it had been a hardware issue, camera installed upside down, then it should have presented itself when the new drive was installed. I had replaced drivers, I had looked for any rotation settings in software, in device manager, there was nothing I could find. End of the day, everything works and everyone's happy, but I hate not knowing. Yeah, sometimes not knowing is the worst part. You know, it's great that everything worked out for the best, and that is somewhat of a relief, but why did it happen? Why did it change back? Why is it suddenly fixed? I didn't do anything. I haven't had that too often. Most of the time with my stuff, if it goes up, it goes up in a big way. So, uh, yeah. Almost as bad as load paper. We all use zebra tag printers at work for tracking product moving around our facility, and they can be finicky sometimes. Everything has to be just right like any other printer or else it just says, nope, you can't make me. A different production line started having troubles with their printer, at least two hours before I walked past. A co-worker gets my attention and asks if I know anyone who knows anything about these printers. What's the problem? It says media out. I just turn and walk up to the printer, open the cover, and notice the problem immediately. By this time, co-worker has finished his other tasks and got to a good stopping point to which he could watch me work. The paper tag ribbon had shifted out of position and the laser for end alignment couldn't track the paper ribbon properly. I reset the paper ribbon position, cleared the errors, and pressed feed. The printer spread out two test tags and claimed it was ready. The coworker started cursing at me about how dumb this was, all fixes they tried, and the help desk ticket they put in. I told him you just needed to reset it like it was a new box of tags and it'll sort itself out. Then walked away with a smile to continue on my original way. Don't be afraid to ask the dumb questions to other people with the same equipment. Hey, if you don't know, you don't know. Like you said, if you know everybody in there is using the same kind of printer, then go ahead and ask if they've ever run into this issue or what you should do to kind of troubleshoot it. Not everything requires putting in a ticket. But there are some people that I wouldn't trust to touch the cover on the printer to begin with, so there's that. You've been lied to your entire life. Thought of this story and figured why not share it. It's a shorter one, so it shouldn't take long. So I used to work at a major cable provider, Tier 2 Internet Support, and this story was from years into my career, at which point I gave exactly zero Fs. Customer calls in and says they have some problem. I don't recall the issue, but I have them unplug and replug the modem. Doesn't fix it. Okay, so I start going into other troubleshooting, and the customer refuses. I can't remember the exact conversation, but it went something like this. Customer, just send a refresh signal. That always fixes it. Me. To be perfectly honest with you, a refresh signal is just how they usually say restart to make it sound fancy because telling people you're just restarting pisses them off. Customer, just send it. Me, ma'am, it's not going to do any good. We already restarted and it didn't work and I don't want to waste everyone's time. Customer, just send the signal you clearly don't know what you're talking about. Me, 
Okay. So I push through the computer prompts, send the refresh signal, and then we wait. A few minutes later, me. Didn't work, did it? <laughs> Customer is now super salty at this point, but learned to follow instructions. Moral of the story is, if a tech who sounds like he woke up 10 seconds ago and couldn't possibly care less about your stupid problems tells you that all the other techs are lying to you, you should probably take his word for it. <laughs> so, yeah, if you're listening to a guy with nothing left to lose, he's probably going to either be brutally honest with you or he's going to totally yank your chain. I'm not sure how much stock I put into that, but anyway, too funny. Just send the signal. I know the future, don't I? This happened a few years ago when I started a sysadmin job. I was a full-time nerd all my life, but changed career into IT very late. So when I got the sysadmin job, I was super happy and fitted into the team nicely. I was confident. Smoking break. Peter from another department stood with me and showed me some pictures on his mobile. Getting the thing into my hands, several red flags popped. The battery was blowing up. Case was already cracking. The device was getting really hot as well. Me. Look at that. That thing's going to fail soon. Also, it's dangerous. Peter. I don't know about those things, but it's working. Yeah, now, but it's just a matter of time. It's kind of dangerous as well. Alright, tell that to my boss. He wouldn't believe me. Alright. Little did I know I was about to learn one of the most important life lessons. I wrote an email to his boss detailing what I discovered, and he says, So you're saying it's going to explode? Well, chances are there. Well, what chance? Well, I don't know. It's possible, and with the already blown battery, it's just more likely. Well, how much more likely? <laughs> Not like I can predict the future. Look, this is how batteries work, and I know how batteries work. Do you think I'm stupid? I'm asking if this will fail next week or next month or next year. Well, again, I can't predict the future. Might not happen at all. I merely wanted to inform you. All right, next time, please inform me when you actually know something. As you can imagine, he's a fun guy to work with. A few days later, I met Peter again. He approached me with a smirk, and then I realized he knew how his boss was going to react. We both had a good laugh, and a bit later I realized that Peter just taught me a valuable lesson. Never fight other people's fights. His mobile broke two months later and just got replaced. Some people, especially in management, just can't be bothered to listen to reason. You can't tell them anything, they know everything, and even if they don't, you know, and they admit that they don't know, this guy pretty much, you know, admitted that he didn't know, well, he knew batteries, but he didn't know when it was going to die. Uh, yeah, anyway, round and round that circle. But how can he expect you to say, oh, it's going to die in a week. It's going to die in a day. It's going to, you know, how would you know that? If I got, you know, four bald tires on my car and the wires are starting to show in one of the tires, I still don't know if it's going to die today, tomorrow, if it's going to implode going down, you know, some highway doing 75 miles an hour. I don't know. I mean, odds are it's going to be pretty soon because there's already steel belts showing through. But, you know, you get the gist. Can't you fill my own personal info for me? This happened when I was working as a student at a governmental IT help desk. As you all know, governments have different departments, yada yada, and sometimes we get calls for issues regarding issues that are completely out of our scope. So I get a call from a client who's not able to log into her tax account. This is already not our issue, since the client is having issues logging into her individual tax account with the government. Nothing related to work at all. But it wasn't busy and it seemed like a simple fix, so hey, why not walk her through it? The issue was she couldn't remember her password. I try to walk her through a password reset, but with this kind of stuff, you need to enter personal identifying information. It was prompting for her SIN, social insurance number, a personal number that allows you to work, file taxes, access benefits, etc. in Canada. Basically the number you don't want people just knowing since it can be used to commit some serious identity fraud. Me. Okay, can you fill out your SIN here? Her. 
Can't you do it for me? Me. I'm sorry. This is your personal identifying number. We don't have access to it. Her. Can you search it up? Me. Sorry. As I said, we don't have access to personal information like this. You'll need to check your SIN card and enter it yourself. Her. But every time I call IT, they're able to help me with forms. Me. I'm sorry. I can't help you in this instance because we don't have your SIN. This went back and forth for like five minutes before she gave up trying to get me to fill out her personal info for her. She then proceeded to fill it out wrong, twice, and she said she'll try again later before hanging up. Lol. Two things. This lady really expected somebody to be putting her personal social, uh, for me it would be social security for her, whatever it's called in Canada. Same equivalent. Uh, she really expected somebody to know that, first of all. Second of all, to put it in for her. I mean, seriously? So you don't mind if people can steal your identity, obviously, and you're too lazy to even fill out your own forms. And not very good at it either because you did it wrong twice. Genius. Fax line, construction, and a very unhappy customer. This takes place over the course of a few months, during which construction was being done on the street outside a bank. The first service call was for a fax not working. I showed up and found the line was dead. Nothing was wrong with the fax machine. No big deal happens all the time. Let them know they need to call the phone company and left. Got a second call. Same thing. The third call, I put two and two together and asked about the construction. They told me the workers warned them about loss of power or phone lines, but they had only lost power briefly a few times. I told them that the construction is probably responsible for the fax line cutting out too. They argued with me since their phone line never went out. Apparently, they have two lines. One is for phones, and the second line is for their fax, credit card machine, etc. I asked whether their credit card machine was working. I swear I saw a light bulb light up over their head. They said the credit card machine stopped working every time the fax machine stopped working too. I told them that the issue isn't with the fax or credit card machine, but with the phone line. Since they both use the same phone line and that the line is dead, neither device can communicate. They reluctantly said okay, they'd call the phone company, and I left. By the sixth service call, this was the routine. I'd just call them instead of going out. I would ask if the credit card machine was working or not. They'd say no. I'd say you need to call the phone company, then cancel the call. By the 8th service call, I figured the phone company had probably had their fill of them too, and I asked if they could talk to one of the construction workers just outside. Maybe they could let them know when the line was going to be cut and restored. She didn't like that suggestion. She said I'd have to talk to the manager since this keeps happening. Then she said, oh wait, her phone line isn't working either. And that's how I avoided having to talk with the manager. In the end, the construction finally finished and I didn't get any more service calls for a fax not working. I swear, there's just no common sense in people anymore. This was probably years ago, but I don't know. There are still some businesses using faxes. But anyway, I don't understand how people don't get like, okay, fax is sent over phone. If your phone line's down, and I know their phones were working and they only lost power a couple times, but if the guy says your fax machine's fine, then it's with the phone line. And people just can't put two and two together and realize that if your fax is down and the credit card machine's down and they all use phone lines, which they should know, yeah, that's not an internal problem. That's a problem outside the building, most likely. The guy with the jackhammer should have been your first clue when you walked into work this morning. All right, guys, thanks for sharing a little bit of your day with me today. Uh, hope you enjoyed the new view. Like, it really matters. Half of you guys probably only listen anyway while you're working and doing other stuff. But anyway, if you've made it this far, you might as well like, subscribe, do all that fun stuff, right? Okay. Until the next one, we'll see you.